electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. Other people want to make friends. I'm just trying to help you save some money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate, teach you, and explain days like today. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. When you have runaway inflation, All aboard! a cycle that you can't believe, you know the Fed's going to step in to try to stop it. And when inflation is speeding so fast that it smashes through every barrier the Fed has set up, that means we're looking at a huge amount of havoc in the stock market because the Fed only has one tool at its disposal that can cool down the economy, raising interest rates. They raise the cost of borrowing money, and it always has a chilling effect on business. But it hasn't yet. Today, the market got just completely obliterated. Dow plunging 630 points, has to be plummeting 2.8%. NASDAQ nosediving 3.8%. Because we got a flaming hot non-farm payroll report that made it clear the runaway inflation train is still going full speed ahead. These numbers flew in the face of everything the Fed has already done, and they've done a lot. J-Pals hit us with three triple rate hikes in a row, yet the September unemployment rate this morning dropped, dropped from 3.7% to 3.5%. Now, that should be good, but we know we're not in that environment. We had the labor sector in squawk on the street this morning, and even he seemed unenthused because of the consequences of inflation from these numbers and what the Fed has to do to rein it in. We all know why, because ultra-low unemployment means the Federal Reserve has no choice. They have to find a way to derail the runaway inflation train. And that means mandating a series of rapid-fire rate hikes. This time, maybe even we're talking, some are saying about 100 basis points, not just 75. And the two-year Treasury seems to indicate, well, what? we're in the soup again. Every time we get seemingly positive economic data, you have to remember that it's terrible. Because it gives the Fed more reason to bring on the pain. The house of pain. Good news is indeed bad news. And this employment number was great news. So the inverse is in play. And that means the hawks are right. 
and more rate hikes are easily assured and justified. Then and only then will it become too expensive to get a mortgage or expand a business or hire new people. And that's when this Fed-mandated torture session will finally come to an end. Of course, we need to anticipate it, but today's numbers made it too hard to anticipate. Today, frankly, was just a charnel house of selling, precipitated by the employment number and then exacerbated by a hideous shortfall from AMD, a very reliable semiconductor company that I talk about a lot. The AMD pre-announcement was particularly unnerving because they did everything they could to please clients with the latest and greatest chips. Unfortunately, those chips aren't needed anymore because we are full up in this country with PCs, at least for the moment, and AMD didn't see it coming. But I might ask, who did? I can't blame AMD. It was impossible to know how quickly their business would fall off post-pandemic when all the home offices were built and people are returning to the office. That's the issue with this moment. There is so much that is just plain unknowable. Where did all the workers go? How could demand just stop for some goods and be insatiable for others? Why do higher interest rates not dissuade spending? How could the labor market stay this strong when so many businesses are starting to struggle? We just don't know. On days like today, we simply know that the Fed's going to hit us with substantially number of rate hikes. So we're taking our medicine ahead of the illness. And boy, does it taste horrible. No, I don't expect an emergency rate hike, although I admit that after today it would be easy to justify. The inflation hawks from the Fed just got a ton of ammunition, and they're going to use it. So why don't we start with our game plan with exactly this issue? You know, we have talks from two major Fed officials, Lael Brainerd and Charles Evans, on Monday. And I've got to tell you, historically, Brainerd's been one of the most dovish members of the Open Market Committee. But now you have to expect her and Evans to outhawk each other, if only to keep pace with Loretta Master, who speaks on Tuesday. Master, the Cleveland Fed president, is willing to destroy the economy in order to save it. She's the one who said she'll keep raising rates even into a recession. Much harder to say she's wrong after today's numbers. She got the ammo, and she has the mic. I expect her to be merciless. Maybe she should be. Of course, there's always the possibility this is the last red-hot employment number, in which case the Fed's tightening into an abyss and the damage could be catastrophic. Well, if that's truly the case, then perhaps this producer price index number will help us or maybe the consumer price index numbers. These are the two big numbers for the week. They could send us a signal that the train is running out of fuel when we see them on Wednesday and Thursday, respectively. And that means you don't need to blow them up to save them. But as with everything else in this crazy moment, who the heck knows? Soft numbers mean it is not too late to catch our collective breath, but we haven't had any. At least earnings at season is about to begin, and we get back to looking at companies. Uh, and it's going to allow us to get a handle on what things might still be in the control of corporate executives. I don't mean to put too much pressure on the great Ramon LaGuardia, the CEO of PepsiCo, but it will be terrific to hear him come out Wednesday morning and say, you know what? Our raw costs are coming down so we can hold the line on pricing and give you some great returns. That would cause this $161 stock to jump 2 or 3% while busting some of the gloom, the shroud of negativity that smothers the bulls in their pens before they can even get into the ring. And we know what happens there. Thursday, we hear from a plethora of companies that are supposed to have shortfalls. Taiwan Semi, Delta Airlines, Walgreens, even Domino's Pizza, all of which have been downgraded, mutilated to oblivion of late, which means Wall Street's prepped for disappointment. Then again, I thought AMD was prepped for disappointment, too. 
with the stock down nearly 100 points from its high as of last night's close. But after the company pre-announced its weak results, the stock plunged another 14 percent. I was wrong. It's important to admit when you're wrong just as when you're right. Taiwan Semi, the world's number one chip manufacturer, has to be worried about AMD's shortfall. Delta's got to be concerned about the newfound rise in oil prices. Domino's doesn't even have enough workers to expand, and Walgreens just can't seem to shoot straight. They have got to stop the pilfering. They don't have enough staff to be able to open the locking key shelves that we're all now familiar with and dread and would rather go to Amazon for. The prospective star of the week might be, might be the CEO of BlackRock, Larry Fink. We have to hear what he says about this moment because he's smart, he's level-headed, he's trustworthy, and he's tirelessly working to be better than the others to get it right. I bet his company is navigating this moment well. I'd be a buyer. Friday, we have some other companies that could offer some surprises. Uh, The big banks. We've got Wells Fargo. Okay, that's a gigantic position, as well as Morgan Stanley for our uh, the the charitable trust. Why? Well, because we think that banks, uh, whether it be Morgan Stanley, which is a superb asset gatherer, or Wells Fargo, which doesn't have a lot of capital risk, can do terrifically. They'll take your deposits. They'll make money off them. J.P. Morgan does everything, everywhere. Same thing. Banks are tricky, all right? While rates hikes instantly make them more profitable, they also tend to get hit hard in recession thanks to people who can't pay back their loans. But with employment still red hot, it's entirely possible that the banks can make a killing here without much risk of bad loans. Now, we own Morgan Stanley and Wells Fargo for the trust, as I mentioned. Although it seems like a nightmare to own any stocks when the Fed's tightening aggressively, this is one industry that can actually do better with higher rates. Club members will know that we will give total breakdowns of every single one of these. I think there'll be better breakdowns than you're going to get from anyone on Wall Street. But then again, I am biased because I help write them. Now, we also get results from the best of the, uh, the uh, health insurer, which is United Health. Uh, this one's been a machine that almost never misses. I prefer Humana now for the trust. UNH is a little rich for me, but I don't think UNH will let us down. That said, because the stock hasn't come in much, it might pull back on anything less than a perfect quarter. Now, I want you to think about this. The real pain in this market has been in technology, and the worst areas of tech are PC and gaming. Unfortunately, these are very large subsectors. When will AMD and NVIDIA come back? I was asked that all week. Is it time to dig into the non-PC tech stocks or maybe the down-and-out retailers or the beaten-up industrials? After this week, no, no. After these last two days, I have to tell you, it, it is too early to make a judgment. Anybody who bought at the beginning of the week, and by the way, the market actually was up for the week, felt they were doing great until today. So let me give you the bottom line. If you own stocks, you must know the Fed is indeed your enemy and you are fighting it. You are fighting them tooth and nail. This economy is a runaway train. It smashed through the Fed's blockades today. So now they may just blow up the tracks, derail the whole darn thing. When they detonate, it'll be safe to buy. Until then, I am urging you not to be a hero. Let's go to Debine in California. Debine. Hey, Jim. Big Booyah. This is the band from California. Oh, thank you so much. Big Booyah, right back to you from Jimmy Chill. What's up? Hey, I've been a long-time follower of your show. I must tell you, you're doing a great job in investment education for us. Thank you. 
Thank you. Uh, my question is to you is about a semiconductor stock. Recently having a lot of announcement about the design wins in pipeline in automotive and promising growth beyond 5G. But still the stock is trading low. Is it undervalued and what should we take position on it? What's the growth expected? Yes, I'm talking about Qualcomm. All right, Qualcomm is owned by our travel trust. We own it in part. We have too many semis, and I've been saying that. Jeff Marks and I were batting that around. We just have too many, even though we cut them back big. And Qualcomm's got tremendous 5G, and it's also got great auto. And it only sells at 10 times earnings, but it has not been able to hold these levels. I am a believer in Qualcomm, but it could be 10 down and 30 up. Uh, it is down very badly in the last month, but I do not want to quit on it because it's just plain too inexpensive, and thank you for those kind words. We need them. Robert and Marilyn, Robert. Hey, Jim, a long-time viewer, first-time caller. Um, you've taught me a lot about the market. Maybe you could shed some light on gold. I've always been advised that gold is a good hedge against inflation. It seems to me like if you look at the last six months, there's been lots of inflation, but gold prices have fallen. I've got a position in Barrick and GLD, and they're down around 30% in the last six months. Yeah, Robert, it's a great quandary to a lot of people. Another thing that's not working right, many things are not working right in this market, is that gold has not reacted well to runaway inflation. Is gold finished? I still think that gold has been a tremendous store of value over multiple years versus, say, uh, Bitcoin. But that said, it has failed so far in its ability to do that. That means that rate hikes are overwhelming gold itself. It won't always be that way, but it is right now. If you own stocks at this moment, the Fed is indeed your enemy. The economy's a runaway train. The Fed may have to blow up the tracks, derail the whole thing. And when they detonate, after that, it could be safe to buy unless we have some softer numbers. And then you don't have to worry about being a hero. Oh, man, money tonight. Hertz has electrified its strategy. I'm hearing more about how the car rental company is connecting customers to the vehicles they crave. Then in the fact that... Back of a volatile week, we have to play MI Diversified, and I'm going to see if I can help your portfolio handle whatever this market throws at it. And Levi's got hit after earnings. I didn't think the numbers were that bad. Should investors try the apparel company on for sale, even though uh, I've got to tell you the dividend's good, the balance sheet's getting better? I, I, I see a lot to like, so stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact, smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. 
You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visible visibility at indeed.com slash mad money. Just go to indeed.com slash mad money right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast, indeed.com slash mad money terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need indeed. In an ugly environment, what do we do with the stock of rental car company Hertz? The last time these guys reported, the results came much better than expected. Stock's not getting the respect I think it deserves. People are terrified about a Fed-mandated recession. That's why Hertz stock trades at a ridiculous six times next year's earnings estimates, which are already much lower than what they're supposed to earn this year. I think it's intriguing if they can make the numbers, and I like the management. At the same time, Hertz has recently, this is very exciting, made a bunch of electric vehicle moves. They're buying 175,000 electric vehicles from GM over the next five years, and they've partnered with BP to set up a network of charging stations. I think this is the future, but who knows if it's enough to help in the present. So let's take a closer look with Stephen Shuries, the CEO of Hertz Global Holdings. I knew him as the CFO of Goldman Sachs before this. Steve, welcome back to Mad Money. Jim, thanks for having me. All right, so I have a theory, and this is why I called you. Sure. I have a theory that you... Uh, a mild-mannered former CFO of Goldman Sachs are actually maybe one of the most, if not the most important person in getting our country to go EV. And I want you to tell our viewers the commitment level that you have and how this is a dream job for you. Well, the commitment level is twofold and it's very real. So we bought 100,000 Teslas, 65,000 Polestars, and as you said, 175,000 GM cars. We're gonna, we are going to take our fleet to about 25% electric by the end of 24. That's a very big move. And it, and it will be a great entry point for people to get in and get a taste of what it is to drive an electric vehicle. But the other part of this equation, which is big, and I think it is going to be among the bigger infrastructure plays in the country, is nationwide charging. And, and our aim is to be everybody's big customer on a network. We signed an agreement with BP. There will be more of them. We want our customers to be able to go to any network seamlessly, get the charge they want all across the country, and move on. It in the, main, in the main time, same time, we're losing gas stations. I mean, I think it's easier to have an electric vehicle with a, a charger at your garage in Manhattan than it is to have an internal combustion engine. Are there other places like that? And is it very easy to go up and down the coast if you're just EV? Well, think about this, okay? 
Hertz is in proximity to 90% of the U.S. population, just our locations. Take airports, take local additions, off airport locations. So we have the real estate to put to work. We know where the cars are going. It is why a partnership with the likes of BP and others makes sense. BP, by the way, thinks about it in terms of just the linkage from what they generate to what they transmit to what they serve. And the software that they'll develop with us will be super valuable. You can load balance electricity. You can charge at reasonable price times. And so it's quite real. We'll take any anxiety out of the electric vehicle user. And by the way, many of these charging stations are going to be open to the public, not just simply to Hertz customers. Okay, that, that's great, because what I think is you need to have younger people, other people watching the show, if they know your commitment, and they also know that you're not just for Hertz, but you're Hertz for, for everybody, I think that you're going to win out, Whether even if they were thinking about buying a car. That's how strongly young people think. Older people don't realize the way younger people think. But here's an interesting thing about the younger demographic, which is the way they think about using a car is different. Different than you and me and different than where our parents were. It used to be you owned or leased a car. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be that way anymore. People will subscribe to a car, lease or own a car or rent a car. And we're going to create that experience that they can get into the car they want. If they want to go into a big muscle car and a combustion engine vehicle, it's there. If they want an entry point on an affordable basis to get into electric vehicles, it's us. And oh, by the way, Jim, think about also we are renting cars to ride sharing, to Uber and Lyft. We have rented cars to 25,000 Uber drivers, generating 5 million rides in an electric vehicle. So the business is not just about the individual renter. It's about putting Uber drivers and rideshare like Lyft into these electric vehicles. And by the way, this makes a lot of sense for cities, including the one we're sitting in, where Mayor Adams has big ambition in terms of what he's going to do to make New York City electric. Okay, Inflation Reduction Act, what's it mean for you? It means that there's credit that's going to be available for cars that we purchase after January 1. A lot of rulemaking to go on. But there will be about $7,500 of credit available both to individuals and to companies like us that are buyers of these cars. Uh, corporate resistance, the corporate travel, do they want internal combustion because they're worried about uh, here to there? They're not thinking about the environment. No, in fact, quite the opposite. Really? The corporate segment of our business want their employees in electric vehicles. They are satisfying their own carbon footprint objectives. Right. So you look in consultants so and bankers. So you're scope free. You really are. That's right. That's right. They want them in there. So think about our customer set. Individuals are going into electric vehicles. Corporate customers are going into electric vehicles and ride sharing like Uber and Lyft into electric vehicles. And the opportunity set is going to be fed not just because we have the cars, but because we have the charging network available to our customers. And again, more broadly offered to the general public. Right now, same time, you just came back from Florida. I did. You've been terrific about Hurricane about Ian, devastating. Devastating. I mean, our headquarters is in Estero, Florida, about 20 minutes south of Fort Myers. Fortunately, our headquarters was intact, and we're blessed that all of our employees were accounted for, but it's devastating down there, particularly out at the beach. People have to think about that because they may not even know how bad it is. One last thing, this is really important. Maybe maybe in some ways, because I'm from Philadelphia, it's important. Tom Brady, time to retire. There's a guy. Number one, the Philadelphia Eagles. You know what his name is? His name is Hertz. Can he be your spokesperson? Are you, are you his agent? 
I'd like to be. Well, then let's talk after the show. All right. That's exactly <laughs> what we're going to do. That's Steve Scher. He's the CEO of Hertz. And this is, I don't even want to tell you how cheap the stock is because it's too ridiculous, but it's such a bear market. But how about all the things he's doing for the environment? It's great. Everybody's back here for the break. Coming up, survive the unknowns. Thrive in any market. Kramer invites you to the Game of Games. Play Am I Diversified? Next. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. In a week like this one, where the market surged Monday and Tuesday, then spent the rest of the week steadily moving lower until today, when it's just total capitulation, it's important to take a hard look at your portfolio. And that's why we're playing in my diverse fight again this week, so I can help make sure your portfolio can withstand these whiplashes of volatility and, of course, the decline that we had this afternoon. It's where you call me, you tell me your top five holdings. I tell you if your portfolio is diversified enough, hey, maybe you need to mix it up a little. Why don't we start with a tweet from Mike Duclay? Who, also, who asks at Mad Money on CBC at Jim Kramer? Hi, Kramer. My, I like all that. My five stocks are Ford, Morgan Stanley, Eli Lilly, Thermo Fisher, and AMD. A lot of very good portfolio names from the Charitable Trust. Okay, so we've got Auto and Ford, and I'm biding my time. Remember, we sold it twice of where it is. We want to buy more soon. AMD, today's disaster du jour, unfortunately. Uh, don't really be not calling a bottom yet. Morgan Stanley, we had James Gorman on not that long ago, the CEO. I think he told a great story. Eli Lilly has got the best weight loss drug perhaps in the history of the world. And Thermo Fisher, we prefer Dan and her, but this is for medical instruments. We got an auto company. We have a tech. We have a financial. We have a drug and we have a engineering company. And that portfolio is about as perfect as you could possibly get, even with this horrendous environment. All right, next up is a tweet from Bada Bing 1960. All right, Bada Bing, Bada Boom, who asks at Mad Money on CNBC at Jim Kramer, Disney, Ford, Sirius, Petco Health, PayPal, MI, Diversified. All right, this is a little more work here, okay? Because we know we got an auto company here. We've got a, a fintech company. We've got a retailer that's not doing as well as I'd like it, but doing better. We've got an entertainment company. And believe it or not, this 
is too linked to this. This is a satellite radio company that does well if you sell a lot of cars. But if you don't, it doesn't do well. So we're actually going to get rid of this name and we're going to put in Yes, we're going to go back to Eli Lilly, and that's got to be done as soon as Monday morning. I want that trade made. All right, next up, we have a video from Omar in New York. Omar. Hey, Jim. Omar in New York, longtime fan. Thank you for what you do for the retail community. My top five portfolio holdings are United Airlines, UAL, Apple, AAPL, JP Morgan Chase, JPM, Advanced Micro Devices, AMD, and Coca-Cola, KO. Would you say I'm diversified? Thank you. Wow. First of all, thank you for the kind comments. I know that uh, I'm usually under attack pretty much every day about what I do for the retail investor, and that's exactly why I do it, because I'm a fighter, and I'm fighting for you. That's what it's been about for 22 years on this network. Let's go to work. Apple, you know, I think you own it, don't trade it. I understand the stock's going down. There are times when it goes down and you get to buy more. That's how I view Apple. J.P. Morgan, they're going to report soon. I think it's going to be a good number. I just hope the commentary is positive because the CEO tends to be too downbeat. Coca-Cola, that's James Quincy. What a remarkable job she's doing. And you get a good yield. AMD, yes. Lisa Sue did not get the right amount of inventory. She did uh, guide down very substantially, but I think it's now can be, the guidance can be made. And United, which is a quality airline, probably the second best day for Delta, which reports next week. An airline, a finance, a, a beverage, tech, and tech. Is that good? No, it's not. I have to say, Apple, you have to keep. So what do we say about this? Oh, boy, am I getting repetitive when I say Eli Lilly? I don't care. So, and I don't mean that to offend Lisa Sue. It's just Apple versus AMD. At this point, I do prefer Apple. Uh, maybe next week I'll prefer AMD because Apple might do something wrong. It's so crazy out there. Why don't we take another video question? This one was from PT in Texas. PT. Hey, Jim. PT from Texas. Bobby Hoying says hi. Am I diversified, Jim? My top five stocks are Etsy, E-T-S-Y, Trade Desk, TTD, Chipotle Mexican Grill, CMG, Adobe, ADBE, and OmniCell, OMCL. Big Jim, am I diversified like Bobby Hoy? Bobby Hoy, he's making fun of me because that was one of my favorite quarterbacks. You must have heard when I did when I did that. It was a very, very long time ago. So let's think about this. First of all, I think that guy looked just like the star of the bear. You know, I mean, like the bear, you know, that really cool show. You probably didn't watch it. I like it, Chef. All right, so Trade Desk. Some people feel you must own this. This is the, uh, a company that does uh, organized advertising on, uh, on the web. It's really a good company. Chipotle, we know that. One of my favorites. Let that stock come in and buy it to join the numbers. Omnicell is a real oddity for me because, you know, it's like workflow automation. But the problem is, is that it makes money, but it's highly, ma- highly valued. But we're going to stick with it. Etsy is an alternative, we know, um, to the brick-and-mortar retail, and I love it. I've loved it forever. And Adobe, we know, is a highly sophisticated software company that did not make the numbers, but I think is doing quite well and is readjusting its valuation. All right, so we've got, we, unfortunately, we have four companies here that are linked to tech. Four. 
and all online, and that's just too much. We're going to have to get a little more spur. First, we're going to add we're going to add a financial company. We're going to take Morgan Stanley because it's got that nice yield and it can handle any sort of downside. We know that from when we had James Gorman on. We have a retailer. We don't need a retailer. We have a restaurant. We don't need that. I actually want to add something that's a little bit controversial. I'd like to add Lockheed Martin. Why? Because there's good yield and because people have decided the defense stories played out. I think it's anything but played out. And uh, I'm going to let them. I'm going to let. No, I can't keep Adobe and trade this. I just can't. It's just not. It's not right to do that. Let's get a healthcare in there. In this case, Humana has been my charitable trust name in health insurance. Let's use Humana as the as the play in this situation. Hey, so much more man money after the break. I'm sorry I got so involved, but you know how important diversification is, particularly when you're overweighted in technology, which is doing so poorly right now in the market. We'll be back in a moment. Coming up, is the stock as rugged as the jeans? Kramer revisits a stock that will wear the pants in your portfolio. Next. bit is the apparel situation. Right now, we've got gluts all over the place with retailers aggressively discounting clothing in order to move it off the shelves. But then there's Levi Strauss, the denim powerhouse. It's one of the best-run companies in the industry. Last night, they reported what a lot of people thought was a dispiriting quarter. Stock did go down more than 11%. Uh, technically, the earnings came in, I thought, ahead of these expectations. Yes, there was a sales shortfall. Management did trim their full-year forecast. And they talked about a 43% increase in inventories, which is the last thing you want to hear when it comes to the environment. But at these levels, let's think about this. Levi's is selling for less than 10 times earnings, 3.4% dividend yield. If they can still meet their newly lowered earnings guidance, then the stock has to be quite tempting here. I think they can pull it off despite the glut. Let's check in with Chip Berg. He's the president CEO of Levi Strauss. Get a better read on the quarter and what comes this. Mr. Berg. Welcome back to Man Money. And I'm taking the other side of the trade here. I think there were some remarkable things in this quarter, including the fact that you have enough inventory for the holiday season. Thanks for having me, Jim, and good afternoon. Um, Yeah, maybe I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I mean, certainly um, our results this past quarter clearly indicate that we are not immune to some significant macroeconomic pressures. But Despite the, the headwinds that we faced, we posted, I think, you know, pretty good results. Our revenues were up 7% on a constant currency basis. The Levi's brand is still remarkably strong. It was up 6% in constant currency. And we actually had um, the strongest third quarter on Levi's in the last decade. And, um, you know, pretty good, strong, broad-based results by channel. Our men's business was up. Our women's business was up. Um, Some softness in Europe. And I think this inventory situation was another thing that concerned some investors. But um, a lot of the inventory build, frankly, was planned. Um, When we were hitting supply chain issues, you know, back over the past year or so, we pulled forward inventory intentionally it is mostly here in the united states and most of our inventory in the united states most of the product that we sell in the u.s is not seasonal product it's core product you know a pair of stonewash 501s 
carries over from season to season, and, and about 75% of our assortment in the U.S. carries over uh, from season to season. So we made the decision to pull forward inventory so that we would have inventory for the holidays. And we're also cutting over to a new ERP system uh, in the first half of next year. So we're intentionally pulling forward inventory in advance of that as well. So most of it is planned. And, um, you know, we think we're very well positioned to continue to win long term. Our brands are incredibly strong. And we've got a very diversified portfolio that has allowed us to put points on the board despite this tough environment. See, Chip, I, I totally agree with you. And here's what threw me. At the very beginning of the call, you said as we move through the third quarter, uh, a confluence of pressures from inflation to falling consumer sentiment to rising interest rates began to result in, uh, in softer consumer demand. And when I read that, I said, you didn't back that negativity up with actual figures. Now, you did do, a, a I didn't think, a serious trim. I think that it's also you did a dual number. Now, why am I saying these things? Because you see, at 22, Chip, everything you said makes sense for me. At 14, it doesn't make sense. With that yield, it doesn't make sense. You are being treated as if you were going to have a failed holiday season. And I think, given the fact that we do have strong employment, it's entirely possible that it could be a great holiday season. Absolutely. Um, in fact, you know, recent credit card data and the forecast that the credit card companies have put out, as well as some of the industry associations have suggested that holiday here in the U.S. could be up kind of mid-single digits. And um, the consumer is still in a reasonably good place, our consumer in particular. Um, and, you know, we, we're going to have the inventory for the for the holidays and we're going to have Levi's under every Christmas tree, I hope, this holiday season. Well, also, I mean, I do think that there is some diversification going on here. I, you know, when I see Beyond Yoga, there are people who say to me, oh, Jim, come on. He's just a poor man's Lululemon. I said, this is Chip Berg we're talking about. If he thinks there's a market here, he's going to put chips behind it. And that this is going to be something for the next, in two years, we're going to be talking about as a powerhouse brand. Am I too optimistic about the skills of Chip Burke? Well, uh, I hope not, Jim. I, I think you've got it right. Um, we made this acquisition. It's a small brand today, under $100 million. It'll be about $100 million this year. Um, we just opened our first store literally a week ago on 3rd Street Promenade in, uh, in Santa Monica, and we're off to a great start there. Um, the product is very distinctive. It's got a buttery, soft feel to it. Women are intensely loyal to it. We just have to get, we have to build brand awareness. Um, we think retail is a huge opportunity. Our e-commerce business on that brand has been very, very strong since the acquisition. This last quarter, they had a very strong quarter as well. Um, so we think there's huge opportunity. We didn't buy this brand because it's a $100 million business. We bought it because we believe it can be a billion-dollar brand for us and a big global brand. Um, I'm really excited about the opportunity. It's going to be accretive. It's got great structural economics, um, very strong gross margins, and as I said, an intense loyalty with the consumers who buy the brand. We just need to build brand awareness and increase access to the brand over time. But I think it's got a ton of potential for us. 
You know, our portfolio is more than just the brands that we've got, too. You know, within even Levi's, we've got men's, we've got women's, we've got huge opportunity on tops, on dresses, on categories where we are way underdeveloped. We've got the geographic portfolio as well, which allows us to, you know, absorb the shocks when one part of the world hits a little, you know, hits a bump in the road. Sure. We've got other parts of the world that are stepping up. Asia had an incredible quarter, up over 50% versus admittedly a weak base a year ago. Latin America was incredibly strong, which all of these helped to offset the softness that we experienced right. in Western Europe in particular. Well, I, I tell you, Chip, I'm a believer, you know that, and I like the deleveraging efforts too. I'm just always thrilled that you came on the show. Chip Berg, CEO of Levi Strauss. Sir, it is great to see you again. Thank you, Jim. Good to see you, too. Man, money's back here for Craig. Coming up, Kramer takes your calls, and the sky is the limit. It's a fast fire lightning round. Next. It is time. It's time for the light. We're going to and then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski Daddy? Time for the lightning round. Let's start with, uh, let's start with uh, Brian in Louisiana. Brian. What's up, Kramer? I want to send you a booyah from the Big Easy. And I want oh, to thank you, your- man. I miss it. I miss it down there. Oh, man. It's, it's fun. It's fun. Who that? <laughs> I, I want to get your opinion on Sirius Satellite. Uh, All right. Now, what people don't realize is Sirius Satellite is actually late to car sales. And car sales have been not that good, uh, in part because there's been a a shortage of cars. So, therefore, I am neutral in this stock after being a big supporter for a very long time. Let's go to uh, Billy in Washington. Billy. Jimmy Chill. How's it going? It's all right. How about you? Doing good. Big Booyah here from Washington State. We got to bring back the Oh, thank you. Thank you. What's going on? Anyway, I was walking my dog, and I got a call from my buddy Brandon. He told me he found a stock that might be the next Tesla. I looked into it, but it had a large short float of 20% in an industry that I think will be the future. What do you think about DM, desktop metals? Um, I believe that 3D is going to be the future, but I don't think that they're going to be the one that leads it. Why do I feel that way? Very importantly, because the company's losing money, and I'm not recommending any companies that lose money or may have money. That's been my view, and you can take the inverse of that and enjoy yourself. Let's go to Peter in Nevada, please. Peter. Hello there. Thanks for taking the call. No problem. What's going on? I uh, just wondering about Zim, integrated shipping. All right. People, when Seems it was like a 70, 60 bit, people kept saying, listen, Jim, you got to recommend it, got to recommend it unsustainable unsustainable yield unsustainable numbers i don't want you to touch it i think that the things are going to be slowing there rather radically let's go to richard in california richard hello mr Kramer. hi how are you good and i quickly say thank you for cnbc pro oh absolutely do a great job thank you what's up uh xbo nice little profitable company Doing a uh, look, both XPO and GXO, it's like these companies, they can't win, but they are so cheap. If you can put away a stock, just own some, keep it up with the fundamentals like I do, I think you're going to make money. You're not going to make money now. That's the way this stock market is. 
Let's go to Suleiman in New York. Suleiman. Hi, Jim. How are you today? I am good. How are you? Good, good, good. I wanted to ask about bandwidth. All right. Voice over internet. Losing money. Guys, listen to me. I know if people want to sometimes take the other side of what I do, okay? I want you to own all the money losers if you're going to do that. I will not recommend companies that are losing money on the show if they're losing in hand over fist. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, what lesson can a couple of chip makers teach about long-term investing? A doggone important one. Next. No matter how much you like a company, you have to adjust your position in the stock or else it can blow up in your face. Everybody loves to preach the gospel, say, buy and hold, right? But my mantra has always been buy and homer because the companies you adore are the ones that will break your heart. Take AMD. Last night, the chipmaker pre-announced a hideous shortfall, really painful. They had $5.6 billion in sales when they guided for $6.7 billion. They also took a $160 million charge. Now, I've got to tell you, in my world, because I live in this world, that is just plain awful. In August, AMD's graphics chip compadre, another company I love, NVIDIA, also pre-announced the downside. In their case, for the second quarter, telling us they'd missed the revenue targets by $1.4 billion. They took a $1.3 billion in charge at the time, too. People, these are huge shortfalls. And they're a nightmare for the shareholders because they demonstrate that management is unable to forecast their own business. Naturally, the stocks are now down huge. NVIDIA traded at 346 last November. It's down 120 off 8% just today alone, and that was off of AMD's pin action. As for AMD, it's come down from 164 to 58, including a monster 14% decline today. Ladies and gentlemen, we are looking at un- totally unsustainable losses here, yet the crazy thing is AMD and NVIDIA are the best companies in their industry. NVIDIA makes the finest graphics uh, cards in the world. Chips that are used essential for gaming, the data center, for autos. They're at the heart of artificial intelligence and machine learning. The heart. NVIDIA's hardware is what enables us, uh, an outfit like Amazon, to infer what you might like from your previous purchases. I have repeatedly praised CEO, founder, CEO uh, Jensen Wong as a visionary. I often say he's the Leonardo da Vinci of semiconductors. Meanwhile, AMD had always been the poor man's intel, okay? Then Lisa Su took over as CEO and turn the tables, taking tremendous market share in PCs and high-performance computing. You know what? Let me put it this way. I think this will help you. In the old days, I used to joke that AMD was being kept alive by Intel purely to avoid the wrath of the Justice Department's antitrust division. Under Sue's leadership, though, it's been running circles around Intel. So what then the heck went wrong? Simple. Both companies radically misjudged demand. During the pandemic, there was an explosive need for personal computers powered by AMD and NVIDIA's chips for gaming. At the same time, the cryptocurrency boom meant that Ethereum miners were buying these high-end GPUs hand over fist. Now the demand for PCs has vanished, and Ethereum's changed the rules, eliminating the need for NVIDIA's cards. Now, I've made no secret of my respect for these two companies and the leaders, and it has not been diminished one bit. I got on board the AMD train 
All at $6 after seeing the roadmap leases who created Tickle and Intel. I became enamored of NVIDIA at $25 after the head of Audi North America told me how much he loved the chips. That's my Philadelphia accent. It's actually Audi. And he, the man who ran Audi, Audi North America, said, listen, these chips are not just for gaming. They power everything. Given how much both stocks rallied, these were great long-term calls, and I'm very proud of them. But honestly, my best call with AMD and NVIDIA was telling you to ring the register on some of the stock at the highs. We sold a great deal of these stocks for our charitable trust at these levels, although not everything, because I'm still very much a believer in both stories. NVIDIA and AMD have been clobbered before. It's very difficult to get back and near the bottom because when they turn, they turn very fast. And I don't want to leave these companies. But here's the rub. A lot of people seem to hate this approach to investing. We were vilified for selling some on the way up, and we were vilified for holding on to the rest because of the long-term belief in each business. The bulls despise me as a trader for selling anything. The bears treat me as a moron for not selling everything. What can I say? I'm not all-knowing. Maybe I'm the last person you want to hear this from. But you've got to invest and accept humility. For me, AMD and NVIDIA were both situations where discipline trumped conviction. Even if you're a believer, discipline can save you from enormous losses because discipline says you need to ring the register on most of your positions when the stock is up huge. Bulls make money, bears make money, and hogs (laughs) slaughtered. But the conviction is still there, which is why we didn't dump everything for the charitable trust, because we do believe. We do believe in Jensen Wong. We do believe in Lisa Sue. And that is honestly the hardest part of investing. Getting it right means making logical decisions even when they fly in the face of your beliefs. That's tough to do, especially when you're doing it in public, as I do. And you've got a legion of haters who frankly wish you'd quit. But sometimes the only right choice is to take a page from King Solomon and split the metaphorical baby. And I ain't going anywhere. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise try to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you next time. The news with Shepard Smith starts now. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.